You are tuned in to The Coach V Show, bringing you the expert insights and interviews to help you, me, and we become the best we can be. Now here's your host, Coach Viliami Thuivai, Coach V. Welcome to The Coach V Show, your Hollywood radio show for personal development with expert insights and interviews to help you, me, and we work to be our best and live our best life. Bringing to you for your consideration in terms of extracting and now deploying into your life leadership and business, these success frameworks, behavioral models, and life lessons that will help you should you choose to subscribe to it and if it works for you to better your life and then achieving, becoming more effective, and then translating all that chatter and success into joy, peace, happiness, fulfillment, love, and family time. Today, the Coach V Show in Island City, here where the beach meets the streets, is excited to have a carbon expert in the house. And we have Mr. Don Owens, who is a leading expert in hydrogen-related engine and energy technologies. His work addresses destruction happening on planet Earth, devastation caused by floods, massive wildfires, uh, melting glaciers, and more. Does that sound make sense? Uh, does that sound familiar? Because that's happening all around the Sacramento region in which I'm recording this show right now, all of which severely damage our natural resources and give wildlife no place to call home. In this special report, you will hear the truth about climate change. Unlike other sources, this comes with no political agenda or desire to sway news ratings. Here on the Coach V Show, we're just gonna be bringing you Don and the information that he has that's based on science and observations with no underlying motive other than to highlight the most common mistakes people make that destroy our environment. The fact is that they likely don't even know it. That's an issue for all of us. That knowledge plus accountability equals empowerment that Coach V talks about. And he has an ebook packed with transformational wisdom for every resident on the planet who wishes to preserve and strengthen the environment for the next generation and beyond. Coach V Show family, Island City family, welcome to the show, Mr. Don Owens. Don, thank you so much for coming on the Coach V Show. Thank you very much for having me, Coach V. Oh, man, my my pleasure to have an expert in this. I mean, people think that we're all on different boats and people think this about that. And I'm like, hey, we're on one boat and that boat is planet Earth. We better make sure we take care of this thing. Don, tell, but before we get to the subject matter, uh, that the show is going to be based on this black carbon and you being a carbon expert. Let's tell the audience, like who Don Owens is, where do you come from? What is your genesis point? And start us off for where you were born, who your family is. Give us the lowdown on that, Brother Don. Okay, well, that goes back a long way, but I won't go quite that far back. But uh, but I was, <laughs> raised, I was raised in uh, Tallahassee, Florida, and uh, hmm. uh, lived there for most of my uh, non-adult life. And uh, the minute I uh, could leave, I did. I went to college up in Michigan, and uh, it was a very, very big difference between Florida and Michigan, and I loved the, the difference. But uh, I went to undergrad school there, and then I uh, finished in engineering, electrical, mechanical electrical engineering. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, ended up going, going to, uh, to Washington, D.C. area. Didn't like being an engineer, but uh, they were looking for engineers that wanted to be patent lawyers. 
Mm. So I decided I'd go to law school to become a patent lawyer. And so uh, that's in essence, uh, uh, most of my adult life was uh, spent either engineering and or with patents. And then, uh, you know, of course, you know, um, you know, you get involved in all kinds of entrepreneurial activities. And so I got involved in quite a few uh, before I found uh, what I'm doing now. And what oh. I'm doing now is, is basically uh, it, it, it came out of uh, really came out of nowhere. I was happening to look at a, a, a book that talked about how you can use hydrogen to increase fuel economy. And so I looked at the book. They had some instructions on this device you could build. I started building that device. Turns out that they didn't have good instructions. But the one thing led to another, which led to another, and it, which ultimately led to the device that we have today that really didn't have anything to do with emissions at the time. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that it, 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 it could actually help to save, uh, save our planet. Wow. Let's start with, uh, with uh, Tallahassee, Florida, FSU country, right? FSU country. Florida and, and country too. Yeah. Say that again. Say that again. Florida A&M. Oh, Florida and A&M as well. I didn't know that, right? Yeah. Are they in the traditional black colleges league? Right. Are they at that same division? Yep. That's so exactly. I have heard of them. I've, I've watched a few of their games in terms of football. Yeah. But let's just talk really quickly about Bobby Bowden, right? Coach Bowden just passing away down there for FSU after all that he's done um, really for Florida State and mm-hmm. taking a place like Tallahassee, Florida, Right. Yeah. And putting it on the map on of map. major yeah. college football. Right. Is that true or not true? Let's just talk current true. events. What do you yeah. think about that? Well, it, it is. And, and in fact, it is uh, very true. Uh, I uh, I left Tallahassee. In fact, I didn't go to Florida State. Mm-hmm. I ended up going up to uh, Michigan, but uh, not Michigan State. But you know, and, <laughs> but uh, it, it uh, but it is true. Uh, FSU is, is one of the major powerhouses all because of that that gentleman. But uh, uh, but yeah, I uh, uh, I decided you know uh, that I needed to be away from Florida. I, I grew up in Florida. Anybody that grows up anywhere, generally speaking, want, that's the last place they want to be. Yeah, right. <laughs> just right. because they just so they can learn and, and see other places and be other places and see how other places are. But uh, that's kind of what uh, uh, what what kind of led me out of out of Tallahassee. Yeah, he put he put Tallahassee on the map because I was in Southern California growing up in high school going, yeah, Tallahassee, Florida, Florida State. I have no really I have no real idea where it is, but I know Florida State's in Tallahassee. Help all of us geographically, especially uh, because United States citizens, um, they're they're, they're terrible with 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 not only world (laughs) geography, but they're bad with with national geography. Where exactly in comparison to like Miami being on the East Coast, right? Tampa Bay being on on the west side of Florida. Uh, Help us all figure out where Tallahassee is. Okay, well, if you look at Florida and you have that long extension where Miami Beach is at the bottom, and then you have top where uh, Jacksonville is all the way over the left side. Mm-hmm. And Pensacola is all the way over to the right side. Right. So you have Pensacola and Tallahassee. I mean, Pensacola and Jacksonville. Tallahassee is right in the middle. In the middle. Of those, of, of Pensacola and Tallahassee. No, I mean, I'm sorry, of Pensacola and Jackson. And Jackson. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for, for clearing that up. There's going to be a lot of NFL fans right now going, oh, that's where Jacksonville is? I didn't even know that's where yeah. that was. And then so you went from that humidity 
right? And, and you chose to flip the script. And from a life lessons and a personal development side, why was that so important? Because I know me is like, we get the fact that you can take the boy out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out the homeboy, right? I mean, that's Pomona because I grew up in Pomona. Mm-hmm. I still carry a lot of Pomona in me, but it was because I left Pomona and yes. went to UC Davis that right. I became right. who I became. Right. What are right. some life lessons on that, Don? You you already alluded to it. You know, well, I had to leave know. Tallahassee to become who I wanted to become, right? Yeah, in fact, uh, uh, one would would seriously doubt this, but I was extremely shy. I wouldn't say nothing to nobody. And in fact, uh, it, it bothered me so much that I wanted to go somewhere where I didn't know anybody. I would have right. to start over totally. And so, uh, and Michigan was a long way from Tallahassee. And uh, that was more than anything else. That was more made of motivation, even though the school that I went to up there was uh, was also what I what I wanted to do, but the fact that it was so far away from Tallahassee, I would be forced to confront some of the things that, of some of my fears in terms of engaging with other people. So yeah, believe it or not, not nobody could hardly believe that now because I'm I talk to everybody, I love everybody, I, I engage people in conversation all the time. But before I wouldn't do any of that. I just I just wouldn't wouldn't say nothing, wouldn't do nothing. <laughs> it was ridiculous. All right. And, so, and then the, so talk about so you were in Ann Arbor, Michigan, correct? No, I was actually in Flint, Michigan. Flint, Flint Michigan. Michigan, where where this where I went to school. Yeah. And what was the university? It was General Motors Institute. Oh, man, in Flint, Michigan? Flint, Michigan, that's right. And General Motors Institute doesn't exist anymore. They changed the name to Kettering University mm-hmm. but, uh, years ago. But, uh, but yeah, it was uh, General Motors Institute. And at General Motors Institute, they had a program where you went to school, you worked. It was a great program. Uh, so I got a chance to find out uh, in advance before I graduated that I didn't want to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. By the time I graduated, I had worked five years as an engineer and I didn't want to be one anymore. Right, right. Interesting, right? And then yeah. so so how did it how did it change now the environment change, not only in terms of people, because every geographic location has a certain dialect, certain food, certain isms, let alone the Flint, Michigan weather compared to a rainy Tallahassee winter, right? Mm-hmm. To now you got some cold temperatures, oh, did you yeah. not? Talk about how, how that helped you develop as a, as a young person, as an, an adult versus being in Tallahassee. Well, you know, I think any adult or any young person, you almost have to leave where you are from mm. just to experience other places. It, just, it may very well be that where you're from is the best place on earth, but you wouldn't know it until you left it and came back. Mm. Sometimes you leave it and come back, you find these things out. Sometimes you leave it, you find out that it really isn't. It really is is worse. It is as bad as you thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. Real talk. Yeah. But uh, but in general, uh, Flint. Uh, the beauty about Flint was that it uh, it was a totally different environment. It was totally different from uh, Tallahassee in terms of weather. I mean, we had. I remember driving up there, and, I, and it was in June, and snow was falling. It wasn't sticking, but it was right. falling. So that was a rude awakening. In June. In June, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so. Uh, the winters up there were, were pretty severe. Now, like again, in June, even though it was it snowed, it didn't stick. But the fact was, it was coming out of the sky. 
and right. uh, and and June it just doesn't come out of the sky. And so, uh, but uh, but but I do recall. I, I, I love the school there. I'm, I was glad I went there, but I do remember very vividly saying to myself, I could not wait to see Flint, Michigan in my rear view mirror. Wow. And, uh, uh, no, I mean, it was, I mean, I loved it up there. I mean, I liked the school, but, uh, but once I was there for, I think four and a half years, I was ready to go. And, uh, uh, and I can distinctly remember getting in my car and saying to myself, uh, I am finally looking, and I looked up in the rearview mirror, and I looked up. And I said, "Oh my God, Flint is in my rearview mirror," and I wanted to always say that and, and experience that because I was definitely ready to leave. <laughs> right. So, in personal development, it, it is all about change, uh, but then so many people that really start this journey of hiring their awareness, like we are, we're going to be talking about carbon, and then talking about raising people's awareness of what black carbon is and all that. But then really, when you go away from home, it really does give you a perspective, but you got to have something to compare something to, right. to really value right. it, right. to really appreciate right. it. Can you talk right. about that a little bit more in terms of your maturation um, of going, man, it was good to leave Tallahassee and it was good being here, but I am glad because now you have your horizons right. change. You raise your level of awareness and then now you have something to compare something to. And then now you're like, because change is going to happen to everybody. Everyone. That's exactly right. And but people are like, well, why, why do you always talk about change? Because we always talk about change, right? Because that's the only way to become the best version of us and to really to not just maximize the length of our life, but the width of our everyday life. Right, Don? Mm -hmm. But then it's even more intriguing that, well, you could change or not. Change is going to happen to you. And then for you, that was a positive thing. Like I think it was for me. Am I wrong or right? Oh, you're right. Absolutely right. In fact, uh, uh, one of the things that I have noticed that most people don't, they, I mean, they understand it, but they don't realize it. it's a part of how you're going to grow. Most people don't know what they want. They know what they don't want. Oh, say that again. Say that again, Don. <laughs> say that again. People got to take a note on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously, because most people have no idea what they want to do, what they want to be, but they do know what they don't want. Mm. And if they do know what they don't want, they tend to be able to finally manage to get to where it is that they want to be. But but uh, one of the things that I knew when I left uh, Flint and, and I worked as uh, at GM was because I'd worked as an engineer for GM during the time I was in school, it was no way I wanted to be an engineer. But I wouldn't have known that had mm. I not been an engineer. And so at the time, I, uh, I've i always figured out kind of wanted to be an engineer. And so that's that's why I, I, I kind of migrated in that direction. But once I was there, I said, no, no, this isn't going to work. And so uh, and it, fortunately for me, another opportunity came up where I could use my engineering background mm. to move into patents, because in order to become a patent lawyer, I didn't really want to be a lawyer either. You know, I didn't want to be a lawyer per se, but I definitely did not want to be an engineer. Right? Oh, so, yeah, uh, yeah. so, so it turned out that an opportunity came up for me to go to law school and for me to still use my engineering background but not use it the same way that I was using it before. Because uh, as a patent attorney, you just need to have the background in order to understand what you're gonna be doing, but you're not gonna be an engineer the way an engineer is an engineer. But even, and again, 
even as I became a patent attorney, I knew in the beginning I was didn't want to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So, but at the same time, that's what I went to law school and I became a lawyer, but principally a patent lawyer. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't see it as a criminal lawyer or uh, a corporate lawyer, or I just saw it as, as me become a pat, becoming a patent lawyer. And, uh, but in the process, of course, when you go to law school, you learn everything. So you learn about this, you learn about that, you learn about corporate, you learn about a whole bunch of stuff in law, which is good. But, uh, but by the time I finished law school, I knew I didn't want to be a patent lawyer. <laughs> Oh, that you're talking some real talk. But no, and that's really that is absolutely. But but and most people don't realize that it's okay not to like doing something, because if you don't like it, it would tend to push you to doing something else. And it's okay if the if the something else that you end up doing isn't exactly what you had in mind, because it will still push you in the direction of where you think you would like to be. And, oh, uh, and that's yeah. what that's what kind of happened. I, I ended up going into a lot of different entrepreneurial activities. And uh, and that's where I found, even though I didn't find the income that I loved, because I could make a lot of money as a patent attorney. But I but I was so unhappy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was just so unhappy with the way things worked there and the way I had to focus because as a patent attorney or as a patent lawyer, your 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 your, your brain has to focus like a laser beam in terms of writing applications. Now, I, and I've always known I've never been a laser beam. I'm more of a searchlight. And, oh, I like uh, that. So, say, say, say that again, Dom. I'm taking notes. Say that again. You're not, you're not, a, you're not a laser beam. I'm not a laser like beam. A, a searchlight. More like a searchlight. And, uh, but when you're in the patent world or in that world with engineering, your, your thoughts have to be focused like a laser beam because there are very specific things you have to write about, very specific things you have, and you can do it, but it's just not comfortable for everyone. A lot of, a lot of people, it's, it's perfect for them. But for me, it wasn't perfect for me. It was, it was, it was too uh, constraining. And, um, uh, and so uh, uh, entrepreneurial activities tend to allow your brain to, to go and move into a lot, a lot of other directions. Whereas it, with patents and, and, and if you're a laser beam, you really can't do that. You have to kind of focus. Uh, and I just knew that, that that didn't suit me either. And I can, I can actually recall, because I had lots of friends that were making a lot of money. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, and, uh, uh, and I can recall one day that I decided that I would go back and look into it because uh, it was so much money that they could make. And I remember in the, in, in the interview, as I started speaking to the person that was interviewing me about what we were going to do, it dawned on me there. I said, this chapter is over. Mm. I'm not going back in this direction. Uh, even though I can make more money, blah, 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 blah. This is over. This is not me. This is not who I am. I can't go back. And so I closed that chapter in, uh, in the patent world and started moving toward something else. And I didn't have any idea I was going to be moving to where I moved to, but I did know I had to move. <laughs> How old were you when you figured out you didn't want to be an engineer, Don? Well, uh, let's see. I must have been in my 20s. I mean, because 20. I went to law school. Um, I graduated. Now, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily want to age myself here, but I graduated. I went to law school. I graduated from law school in 81. 
Mm-hmm. Like, that, was, that was a long time ago. <laughs> so, and, so for, uh, yeah, and I asked that, Don. So, like, help help the 30-somethings and the 40-somethings uh, or like the Ray Crocs that it wasn't until he was 50-something right, until right, he right, met up with right. the McDonald brothers, right? Right. right. That, that, hey, it's okay. I, I oh, get that absolutely. when you start to measure and yes. what you see other people as you think that they're yeah. successful right, right. and you're still searching at maybe right. your late 30s, early right. 40s, were you still searching, right. Don? Oh, I was still searching. In fact, uh, uh, had things gone my way, which they didn't. But see, the beauty of of the universe is that you're usually pre- being prepared for something you don't know you're being prepared for. You yeah. have no clue you've been prepared for certain things. So yeah. uh, in my mind, I was supposed to be a millionaire by, by age 30. You're right. Now, that did not happen. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> right? <laughs> that right? did not happen. All right. Yeah. And uh, uh, but the things that did happen were things that were good for me in terms of uh, growth. And then uh, I had kids, you know, I, you know, all those things were, were, were wonderful experiences that helped me as a human being, you know. Mm. And also uh, without knowing I was, uh, you know, for example, uh, in, the, in the early 2000s, that's, you know, when the Internet boom came along, I started developing software for the Internet and databases and things like that. And all those things were preparing me for now. And I had no idea they were preparing me for now, but they mm. were preparing me for now because all the things, including law school, enabled me to set up everything I've set up in my company. I've been able to do a lot of things that you normally would have to have lawyers to do that I've done it myself. So, and I didn't know I was gonna to need to do all that, <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's what happens, you know. So, so talk directly to them. Just tell the the listener, hey, Mm -hmm. if you're going through this right now, you're 30 or 40 years old and you still don't really have an actual life direction. Hey, the game ain't over. Tell them, tell them, Don. What's the message? What's the message to them, Don? Oh, boy, I love that that phrase. The game ain't over, because in essence, that's exactly the truth. You know, uh, most people will go through most of their lives not having a clue about what it is that they're placed on this earth to do. And uh, mm. uh, uh, now they have, don't have a clue. They just don't know. And it's normal not to know. And that's what people don't know that most people don't know that it's normal not to know. <laughs> Real <laughs> because, talk. Yes, because I can promise you anybody that has ever made a, a name for themselves, generally speaking, had no idea that they were going to be able to do it like that. Now, mm-hmm. you know, every now and then you have you have people that 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 make big headways at very, very early ages. I thought I was going to be somebody who was going to make a big headway at an early age. I'm in my 60s now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, but it didn't happen, you know, but at the same time, what did happen was supposed to happen, mm-hmm. you know, and now, and, and, and one thing no one can ever dispute, you can never dispute whether or not something was supposed to happen. <laughs> it mm-hmm. has. All right. So, so and if it and if it has, I mean, it was supposed to, you know, and you're supposed to learn something from it, whatever it is. Now, it's not easy to, to, to look at it that way, but that's the truth. That's the reality of life in general. But 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 yeah, if you if you're in your 30s and 40s and you still haven't quite figured out where you want to go and what you want to do, that's normal. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 not abnormal. 
it feels abnormal because you look around and you see all these other people. It looks like they know what they want to do. <laughs> or, 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 or it's your friends or the people it is you can't stand. That's right. Right. That's and then right. they're doing oh, really well, oh making money, got a great right. relationship, right. got kids, right? right? House right. on the hill. Right. 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 But you will be shocked at how inaccurate your vision of other people can be. You know, uh, uh, you know, everybody always looks at, uh, at at someone as the ideal couple. Uh, uh, the ideal couple, if you get a chance to get around the ideal couple and find out how the ideal couple lives, they are not the ideal couple, right? You know, that's right. and uh, uh, and that's what happens with every single human being. But uh, uh, but again, you know, people don't realize that their life is just as special as anybody else's life, mm-hmm. and um, uh, uh, but they just may not have 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 gotten to that place where the universe is directing them to. But ultimately, they will get there. They just hang in there and, and just uh, 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 just try try to do the best they can do. And I always like to say, try to be a blessing to everyone you meet. If you uh, if you try to be a blessing to everyone you meet, as opposed to a curse, <laughs> then you know uh, what's going to happen to you in your life is going to be magnificent. Mm, that's great, and I'm going to ask you one one more question before we get into the subject matter at hand today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I really feel because a lot of people struggle, like myself, in 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 general in their thirties is because they're so focused on uh, what they get versus who they become. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again. They're so focused on what they get versus who they become. And like you're saying, being a blessing to others. And then instead of worrying what you can get from people that you help other people become. Right. What's your thoughts on that, Don? Before oh my God, we move that, in? that is really, uh, believe it or not, uh, even though it's not a believe it or not type statement, that is really the key to freaking life. Mm. You know, in fact, uh, uh, most people, if they are givers, because mm. it's a difference between givers and getters. Most people that are givers think, they think that people don't appreciate their giving or mm-hmm. their giving attitude or their giving spirit. That's, yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be people. It's only the universe that you that you're really appealing mm. to. All right. You don't have to appeal to people who don't appreciate you. You just have to appeal to the universe. Because if you're a giving spirit, you are going to get. And you're gonna get, you're gonna get in, 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 in quantities that you can't even imagine. But givers, that's what givers, that's what, but again. Most people that are givers, they, they, when, they, when they are, they think people are taking advantage of them or this and that, or they don't appreciate the fact that I don't, I'm doing all this stuff. You know. But you can't do it from the point of view of you doing it to get. You can't give to get, but mm. you do get when you give. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we're, we'll talk about that, right? Because that's just really the law of attraction. Yeah, that's the law. That is the law. You can't I mean, avoid that. That's, that's how it works. And yeah. um, it, 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 it just, people come to me and they want to be coached on how to become more effective and efficient in pursuing. I said, yeah, we're going to do that. 
we're going to design your schedule. We're going to really optimize and make sure you're only focused on most vital tasks that, so that you're not um, uh, disorganized and or multitasking mm-hmm. that does not allow you to focus. We'll, we'll do all that. Mm-hmm. But mainly we're going to work on you so that you become what it right. is that you want. So then the things you want now start chasing and pursuing you. That is the law of attraction. I call it the law of grace, unmerited and undeserved favor, though you have to do something to get it. You have to actually have faith, love and value as a verb, not just as a noun. Any final thoughts on that? And we're going to start talking carbon. Yeah. Well, you know, in fact, uh, I I learned that lesson, even though I kind of inherently understood it. But I observed it. Now, most of the time, you can you never observe blessings because mm. they, they happen all the time. But you don't realize that they're happening until you until they are significant. But I have a, a associate that I work with. I can look at him and see him being blessed every freaking day. Mm. It's not like he's not trying, he's not out trying to looking for blessings, but he's blessed every day. Anything that he needs, anything he wants, it disappears. And I, and, and I had never seen anything like that. You know, most of the time you don't manifest, you don't see blessings just manifest right in front of you, even though mm-hmm. all the time they're happening. They're mm-hmm. always happening, even though, mm-hmm. even when you don't know, even when you don't know, for example, that because of that delay that you had, you missed an accident that could have occurred that mm. you could have been in. All right. You know, I mean, but, but those are the things you don't think about because there's no reason to think about. It, all right. <laughs> but when yeah, you realize right. that every second is a blessing, then you you will you will you will you you'll begin to understand that everything that is happening is supposed to happen. And the things that you want to happen will happen if you allow them to come to you. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. and again, that's the law of attraction. Because without the law of attraction, you you really you really can't do anything. Mm. <laughs> you really can't. But most people, because they're so they can have so much baggage, they will naturally repel the universe as opposed mm. to attract. Oh, and that's a real that. talk. And we're gonna swing back around right. to that. So so in that, in in your totality of your life experiences from Tallahassee to Flint. DC, figuring out after investing time, money, resources, and focus into two things you didn't want to be. And now ending up where you're 60 something now, and it's a, about to really go down. Mm-hmm. What is your message to the world, Don? What, what, would be, what would be Don Owen's message to the world? And take your time. Okay. Now, I'm going to say it from two perspectives, because there is one reason that I am here. And the main reason that I'm here today, I think, is that I need every human being on earth to know a very, very simple phrase. And that is black carbon is the enemy of the planet. You know, now most people have never heard of black carbon. Uh, I hadn't heard of black carbon when I, when it was revealed to me or when I understood its devastating effect on the planet. But black carbon is, in essence, unburned fuel. And it happens every time any human being does any endeavor that we do on this planet, we are creating black carbon whenever we use any kind of form of energy, be there driving or picking up a cell phone 
or using electricity in your home for air conditioning or going on vacation, whatever we do, we open up a package of, of hot dogs and throwing it away in the trash. Whatever we do, we create black carbon because we use fossil fuel for energy. And mm. whenever we use fossil fuel for energy, it creates black carbon. What black carbon ultimately does, it coats the glaciers, it causes them to absorb light instead of uh, reflect light, and they cause and it causes them to melt. And right now they are melting at alarming proportions. They've always been doing it, but we've never known that we can do anything about it. So climate change has always been one of those things that 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 we all fear, or some of us fear, the, the smart ones on the planet fear it or want to do something about it. But it's also something we feel we can't do anything about. You know, uh, mm. now as a result of this device that I developed. And, and it doesn't have to be my device. It just has to be devices like this one. We can cut black carbon in half. And if we can cut it in half and eventually eliminate it, we will have a shot, not exactly uh, a guarantee, but we'll have a shot at slowing down climate change. And, uh, and, and, and unless, and I, I remember hearing Barack Obama say this quote, he says, our, I think he said this, he said, uh, our generation, is the first one to experience climate change and it will be the last that can do anything about it. Mm. So we really have to, 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 so my message more than anything else, and we can talk about all the details and technical about black carbon, but my message more than anything is for every human being to realize and understand and do the research themselves to find out that black carbon is the enemy of the planet. It is the enemy. And it's like in those movies that we've all seen where the aliens come attack the earth and all the humanity get together and they fight and they put, they put aside all the differences and they, they organize themselves so they can fight a common fight. That's who black carbon is. Because in order for uh, us to, uh, to have any hope of, 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 of altering our, 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 or keeping our planet climate so that the future generations can can live comfortably is we have to organize ourselves and fight black carbon mm. I, I i had no idea but you know through our connection mighty paul aka big paul for all the hollywood folks out there that know big paul to revive um and we're related um by last name but we have no idea how we're related I just claim him because he's successful. And every Polynesian that's successful, I claim them too. We're all cousins, right? <laughs> so Big Paul hits me up about having you on the show. And I'm just like, sure. And he goes, man, I, I didn't even send you his, his bio yet. I was like, man, you always bring great people to me. Like, that's just how we roll because we don't mess with non-valuable things, concept or people. And then when you started to bring this up, you know, prior to filming this show, I was just like, what? Because I am such a National Geographic buff. I'll sit down and try to figure out. And my wife is like, no, we're not going to watch how to create a screwdriver on this channel for an hour. No, we're not doing it. Because I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm really a nerd like that, right? I, I love, I like tinkering. Yeah. I don't like doing. Like ever <laughs> since I started to make a certain level of money, like, We'll buy that barbecue, but somebody else won't build it. <laughs> we, I, you know what I mean? I just, I just not, not, I ain't got time for that. I got to go do my deal, be around my kids and all that. 
But yeah. this whole concept, and, and you 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 got to the summary of of the impact and the outcomes of Black Carbon, um, and then you alluded to where it comes from. Give us some basic fundamentals about. Uh, to to not not just our audience, right. my, I need to figure out yeah. how is this created. Right. What's the configuration of, of of this black carbon that makes it to where it doesn't dissipate as much, right. and then now it right. clings on to right. some white stuff right. in the Arctic where it's supposed to repel uh, right. sunlight, and then therefore having less heat impact on those on those glaciers. But now right. it's like now it absorbs it, yeah. so it's just like right. the the right. thing's black. Right. right, that's right. That's exactly right. In fact, so uh, help us with some basic fundamental knowledge uh, to really build the knowledge of the audience, please. Don. Okay. Well, what happens? Uh, in fact, uh, I stumbled across black carbon, at least the the word, the term black carbon, uh, uh, while I was testing a device that I was developing that created hydrogen gas to help uh, uh, boost fuel economy for a car that I was trying to drive. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. how everything started. And uh, and once I got into the lab, uh, uh, doing various tests on this on this device, uh, we tested it on diesel engines. And diesel engines now people won't know this, but people that are in the automobile industry and the diesel industry, they know about particulate matter. But now, mm -hmm. what particulate matter is is unburned fuel. Every engine, no matter if it's diesel or gas, creates this unburned fuel. But it turns out that diesels, because of the way they combust their fuel differently from gasoline, they don't have a spark plug, they do it with compression, they create quite a bit of unburned fuel. Mm -hmm. And uh, in general, diesel engines are very efficient, but this unburned fuel or particulate matter is always created. And so, uh, and it is, it is the bugaboo of diesel engines. Everybody that's, that's in diesel, and that's what, in fact, that's, Part of, if you, if you remember the Volkswagen scandal, yep. part of that scandal was they were trying to hide these emissions. They were trying to, to develop software to, to, to make it seem like these emissions weren't happening. and But they were happening because as the black carbon, or at least particular matter, let's start off with that first. Particular matter is harmful to human health. It's harmful to the planet. It's harmful to everything. It's, we, we have a lot of premature deaths because of it. So the health impacts of particular matter is pretty much well known, at least in the scientific and the medical community. Now, <clears throat> so when I did this test this day at this lab, uh, I was looking for fuel economy, but, but the technician came up to me afterwards and said, oh, by the way, you know, yeah, yeah your fuel economy was what, one or 2%. And to me, that was a dismal failure. Mm -hmm. But he said, but by the way, uh, it turns out that this uh, you reduced your particulate matter emissions by almost 50 percent. And I said, mm. uh, 50 percent. Uh, I said, well, well, what's particulate matter? And uh, and he didn't really know. He was a technician. He just told me it was something we measure here. Now, apparently, anybody that's in the diesel or in the in the engine testing laboratory, they know what particulate matter is. And, and because he had to measure it, he knew what it was. But I didn't know what it was. And he didn't tell me a definition of it. So I looked it up that night on the internet and found out that particulate matter was horrible to human health. And at that time, I didn't realize, I didn't realize it was horrible to the planet, but it was horrible to human health. And so 
at that point, I, and we re, and we reduced it by fifty percent. I said, "Well, dang, this this may be something to hold our hat on to," mm-hmm. you know. And so I started focusing on a particular matter, and I started reading everything I could find about it. And uh, and years later, hidden in some scientific article, way down on page six or seven or something, they mentioned black carbon, and black carbon was the main component of particulate matter. And it turns out that black carbon was 1,500 times worse than CO2. Now, mm. most people, you hear, about C, you hear about climate change, everybody always talks about CO2, CO2, CO2. And because we do have an extraordinary amount of CO2 in the air, it's not hard to equate CO2 to climate change. Mm-hmm. But the real, the real monster in climate change is black carbon. Because black carbon has a warming effect of 1,500 times worse than CO2. And among other things, it coats the glaciers. It coats everything. In fact, anybody that lives near a port city, like Long Beach or anything like that, they see black carbon every day. They mm-hmm. see it. They scrape it off their furniture almost every day. Wow. Because it's all these ships, these big ships that come in to the ports. These big engines, they create black carbon with no abatement. They don't, and it's not that they want to pollute the planet. People want to order their Amazon. People mm-hmm. want to get these products. People need, you know, we got to have medical supplies. We got to have all these things. But every time we do anything, it involves shipping, it involves packaging, and all that stuff involves creation of black carbon because diesel engines are the real key to all of all of our transportation and a lot of our energy production. So black carbon is here to stay. And so, uh, I mean, it's, I mean, we're not going to stop black carbon unless we stop breathing, you know, or, or, or picking up a cell phone or whatever it is that we want to do. We're never going to stop it. But what we can do is we can cut it in half or more with technology like I stumbled on. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to emphasize stumbled on because I found out about black carbon years after I found out about particular matter, but it wasn't until I had to put together a speech that organizes everything that I had been doing over the last, I had three minutes to put together a speech about my technology. And in that three minutes, over the 12 years that I had been developing this, uh, uh, all these things were flying around in my head. But black carbon hit me, 1,500 times worse hit me, and we reduced about 50%, and it dawned on me we could save the planet. That's mm. when I knew that if we did something about black carbon, we could stop or slow down climate change. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, because, mm-hmm. That's so interesting, right? Because really, um, civilized society and civic society have negative byproducts of our very existence, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, so so this, this is one of these things, right? right. Be, be, besides CO2, so now that we're bringing this awareness and raising the awareness that we could do something. So the solution to that is one of the apparatuses that you've created. And you're saying, hey, we need to get government. We need this is really on the higher level. It's not just for individuals to go buy this stuff, okay, but right. there needs to be some type of regulation and mandate. Your thoughts on that? Is that not true? That's and exactly. Then, true. And we got to attack true. this at the highest levels. Countries have yes. to be to subscribe to this right. and start using some type of devices on all these big 
vehicles, transportation vehicles, if it's moving and it, it creates black carbon that we need to use these devices, right? Right. right. What, what's, the, what's the solution here? Talk to me. Well, well, in essence, we've <clears throat> developed the technology. We know the technology works. Uh, it turns out that the technology can work on any application, large and small. It turns out that our particular device has been developed in such a way that um, uh, uh, it can be it can be for the smallest Volkswagen or for the largest container ship just by virtue of the way you can organize uh, the components of the device. Mm -hmm. So you can use it on everything. But as a human society, because black carbon is truly the enemy of the planet, collectively, this is a this is such a massive undertaking. I mean, it's, it's nothing that one company can do or one country can do. It's a massive undertaking. But in my mind, we have five years to develop technology or this technology for thousands of applications that have to be implemented for future engines and for past engines. Because all these engines that are still out here are still creating all of this black car and they won't stop. In fact, in, I have a book out. It's called Burn Fuel Better. In fact, you can go to burnfuelbetter.com to find out about the book. But in the book, I talk about electric vehicles and how it is not the panacea that everybody is thinking it is. I don't have any problem against uh, electric vehicles, but for us to think that we're going to solve our climate change problems by making electric cars, it is a, it's a pipe dream because Everything that we have to do, even to make those electric cars, burns fossil fuel. And in fact, the book talks about that in great detail. I mean, you know, even if you're the biggest environmentalist, you still creating black carbon by virtue mm -hmm. of the fact you get up and you take a shower in the morning and you pick up the phone and you go to a meeting. You're creating black carbon. All of us are. We are the problem. Human society is and will always be the problem and the creator of black carbon. But now we have a solution. We can produce a device like mine, which produces hydrogen gas. And in essence, the hydrogen gas makes the fuel burn cleaner and it reduces the black carbon. But that type of system, I don't care if it's mine or somebody else's, doesn't matter. It just so happens we're the only ones that got it right now. But that type of system has to be developed and has to be uh, instituted in everything that burns fuel. Otherwise, mm. we are not going to ever have any shot against climate change. And that's what everybody needs to understand. Every country, every leader of every country, they all need to understand that, yes, we, can, we, we need to, to, to do something about climate change, but until and unless we address black carbon, nothing will matter. Nothing will matter because the black carbon will continue to coat the glaciers and cause them to melt. And that melting glaciers is what's causing all kinds of problems. It's called, I was looking at something last night, talks about the currents that go along uh, along the Atlantic Ocean and, and how it goes up the warm water, goes up to, to the Arctic yep. and it goes cold water. And, and all those all those currents Cycles. and all that stuff yeah. is being stopped right now. It's being almost halted because of climate change. So no, we have some serious serious issues, but it can't be done with one or two people. It has to be done with everybody. Well, first of all, 
every human being needs to understand what black carbon is. Once they do understand what black carbon is and what it does and how it affects everything, because human beings are so incredibly effective at doing millions of things and anything you can think of, we can do, we can beat this too. And that's no what problem. has to happen. We have to, but we have to do it and we have to get it in our minds that it is indeed the enemy because once we do, we can fight it collectively. That is, that is phenomenal. You already uh, talked about it and alluded to it already. Your book, the website, how can people get a hold of you? Um, say some of my folks at UC Davis, Stanford, or the Ivy League that's watching the show. Mm -hmm. how, how can they connect with you so that, how, how do we get a hold of you? Are you on Instagram? So go over again your website. I, said, I think you said your, your website was burnfuelbetter.com. Yeah, burnfuelbetter.com is my mm -hmm. website. That's the website for the book. Okay. Uh, so in fact, on that website, uh, the, the initial website, it's a, it's a free gift that talks about climate change. It's five mistakes that we are making that are destroying the climate. So they can download that, 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 that free gift. Uh, but you also can get the book at that website if you decide you want to learn more about black carbon, et cetera. You can get that from the, from the website. Now, I have a company. The company that I have is H&O Green Fuels. And H&O uh, Green Fuels is a company that basically has developed all of these products. You know, we will be uh, uh, coming out with a public company soon. I don't really want to give that information yet because we don't oh have... yeah but you can launch it right. next time right. on the coach right. show can right. you come right. on my show and launch yes. that next time absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely yep yep but uh so but hno greenfields will also tell you a little bit about the product i have some demos on their videos that talk about the climate it talks about the product itself how it works uh but like i said it's it is it is the applications for it are endless. Uh, you know, I just mentioned hella, I just mentioned uh, ships, container ships, et cetera, because those are the ones that are poisoning all of our ports. Not that they're trying to, but it's just that that's the way it is. But those are some of the targets that we have to have to address. But anything that burns fuel, helicopters, airplanes, uh, trucks, cars, everything that burns fuel produces black carbon. So black carbon has to be addressed at every single solitary level, including the level of the small mopeds in India, the thousands and millions of them that are creating, uh, that are used, that use fossil fuel. If they use fossil fuel, we have to cut black carbon down. Right now we can cut it in half, but when human beings start thinking about things and start making things happen and start using their creativity, we can cut this to probably to 100% within the next five years. And if we can do that, we have a shot at climate change, at reducing it or lower, lessening its effects, and maybe even helping the earth to rebuild. No, that's awesome, Don. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, you know, picking up this mission and, and driving it from that side. Uh, it's definitely amongst the multitude of things that we all as a society need to, I mean, this is, this is one of those pandemics right, that we right. better figure this thing out That's right. or it's going to be a huge detriment in that. What are some shout outs, Don? Who are some folks you want to shout out? Who's on your team that you want to shout out? Get, get some shout outs in, Don. <laughs> okay. The main, the main shout out I can make is, uh, and again, I saw it's a lot of people, but I, I, I have to shout out to uh, a gentleman by the name of Webb Beeman. 
uh, Webb Beeman came into my life uh, about maybe four or five years ago when I was still in the middle of developing this. And it turns out that he's a genius at all kinds of levels. Uh, he is the reason why we have the product that we have today. Uh, he's the reason why. And in fact, he's the gentleman I was telling you about that, that, that I learned how, uh, how you can see blessings in front of your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, because he's, he's that kind of a spirit that just attracts what the universe, the universe gives him everything that he needs because he has a spirit of attraction. He has, mm. he has that spirit of attraction that basically I've never seen exist in any other human being ever. But uh, but I do know that it exists in other human beings, but it's the first time I, I had seen it myself with my own eyes. Right but on. that's a shout out. Uh, you know, I can shout out to all of my, um, uh, uh, all of my, my team back at this, at back, back at H&O Green Fuels. You know, uh, I have a, I have a, oh my goodness. I have some of the best people uh, in the world working with me doing things that I just don't know how to do. Like for example, mm. Webb is somebody that does things I have no clue how to do. I have a, a gentleman that's the president of the company. His name is Will Cashin. Uh, and I, Will came on board about a, maybe about almost quite a year ago. And he does stuff that I could have never done. But see, that's the beauty, again, of the universe. You don't have to. And this is also something I can really say about, about success in general. Most people think that you have to wait for all the lights to turn green before you go through the city. You don't mm. have to wait for all the lights to turn green. You just take off. And, right. uh, and, and when you take off, if it just so happens that all the lights, some of them are red or what, it doesn't matter. When you get to them, you'll deal with them. But, mm. uh, uh, but that's, I mean, that's the philosophy of, and in fact, the universe will basically bring everything you need when you need it. Mm. Now you, it's hard to understand that. <laughs> it's almost hard for me to even say that, but I know it in my soul now that anything you need will be delivered to you if you can manage somehow to get rid of a lot of the garbage that we carry around, mm. you know, all the stuff that we talk about other people and they got that dress that what she's wearing the same dress. Oh my God. I don't know where people be coming up with all this crap that they keep in their minds, but it blocks the universe, the universe's blessings. And so, you know, if, if I can say anything, just just try to be the best you can be. Uh, uh, and if and and if that if that can happen, uh, you will start attracting everything you need. But again, I was all about attraction. Uh, I've attracted some of the, and I didn't hire these people. They just would deliver it to me. I mean, I'm serious. They would deliver it to me, and uh, 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 and 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 hope. Uh, only thing I can say is I can. All I, only thing I can say is I hope that I can continue to be who I need to be to attract what I need. Mm, that's awesome. That's awesome. So thank you everybody for tuning in. You're here on the Coach V Show. We got Brother Don in the house. Don, where are you coming in from? Where are you coming in from? I'm a, I'm in Temecula, California right now. In fact, oh, I'm Temecula. in Southern California, uh, where you know it never rains. Uh, we need rain sometimes, but it never rains out here. <laughs> yeah, but it's Temecula. beautiful out here, you know. Oh, yeah. Temecula boomed. Uh, I, I left oh, the UC Davis probably around 1999, 2000. <laughs> Temecula was just nothing, actually. Nothing. Now they got like nothing. some of the best vineyards in oh, America, yeah. right? Yeah. Temecula. Yeah. 
yeah. right? Yeah. And then and and so for those of you that are watching from around the world and listening on the Dash Radio app via Island City where the beach meets the streets, Temecula is between San Diego and San Bernardino County. It's more inland than the coast. So okay. if you take the 101 from Diego, you can start to hit you know, Strong Beach, LA, go towards Hollywood and all that. But if you take the 15 going towards Vegas, um, before you hit Ontario and the 10 freeway that goes all the way to Florida, right? (laughs) We're just talking for some some of those folks that are out there listening. That's Temecula. Temecula is awesome. And in that, we got two two questions we have time for, for Don here on the Coach V hot seat. And we really thank everybody that's tuning in. Uh, both on the Dash Radio app via Island City, also on the YouTube channel and here on Facebook Live. If you're watching, uh, don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel and then really check out Don on his burnfeelbetter.com. You can check out the book as well. Check in on H&O Greenfields and shout out to his uh, two folks, Webb Beeman and, and Will Cashin. Uh, thank you so much for creating somebody that could come here on the Coach V Show and, and, and the synergy that it is that you've all created to help uh, better the world. Here is your co- your Coach V hot seat question, Don, right? As, as we talk about attraction, uh, and, and then what is it that when people lack accountability, because I'm always going, man, you attract what it is that you are. And people don't like hearing that. Right. And I'm just like, whose fault is it that in my 40s, I'm still trying to figure out what it is that I'm going to do. But now I figured it out. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you start to attract that. But when you don't know what you want to attract or you don't know what the target is, you also attract that too. your mm-hmm. thought, Don. Well, you know, in fact, um, um Every human being just does not know their own capabilities. They just mm. don't know. They have no idea. Uh, they will look at themselves uh, 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 differently. Now, in fact, I, I have, and this is in the book, and I don't know if I have time to talk about this, but it's called a somebody else principle. Mm. Uh, but everybody is somebody else to somebody else. Mm. And uh, but most people will look at other people and other people's success and think they are the somebody else's. They they are they are successful because they are. But everybody is. Mm. Most people don't realize that that they are because they know their own shortcomings too well. Right. Right. They don't know. They know their own shortcomings too well. And because they do, they don't they they discount their own abilities or at least their thoughts or their ability to do things, but they can do anything because any human being can, because everybody is indeed somebody else to somebody else. Now, I don't know if I've answered your question or not. (laughs) No, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's what you attract. It's it's just like where Henry Ford says, as you're talking about carbons and emissions and and manufacturing and all that, you know, Henry Ford says it, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. You're right. And so there is a delay, like Don alluded to about his boy, um, Webb, is like some people are so great and they've built such flow and 
habit that it creates such flow that you can manifest things quicker. But fortunately, there's a delay on that manifestation, because if we would manifest the negative shit that we think about ourselves, thank God that there's a delay so we can adjust and then get what it is that yeah. we want, right, and, and yeah. think about. So that's all the time it is that we have. I want to thank uh, our expert here on, on Black Carbon, Mr. Don Owens, for coming on the show. And, and for Don and I, just for everyone listening, it's just not for the sake of achieving success it is that you tune into the show or do what it is that we're asking you to consider, but for the sake of being our best. In doing so, we realize the best of our abilities and that everything and anything that we dream and work for can yeah. be achieved. This Good. is how Don Owens and your boy, Coach V, lives. All about faith and family. Grateful for God's amazing grace. Until next time, thank you for tuning in to the Coach V Show where iron sharpens iron. Together we rise here on Island City where the beach meets the streets. It is your boy, Don Owens, and your boy, Coach V. Until next Modern Motivation Monday, one love, mad respects, live it. Peace. Thank you very much, Coach V.